Welcome to the second series of the Firefly Creatrix podcast. I'm so happy to be back. In the first series, I journeyed through themes connected to personal experiences on my creative path, which revealed wisdom that has been right under my nose all along. It's already unlocked another layer of freedom within my creative approach and expression. If you want, you can go back and listen if you haven't already. This series, delving deeper into this theme, I'm talking to incredible people that I've met in different areas of my life, talking about their experiences of reclaiming their wild creativity. I'm so excited. Let's jump right in. (laughs) Okay, so welcome to our Virgo New Moon podcast. I'm super excited today, as in every podcast we record. Um, I've loved having conversations with people all over the world so far. And today I'm excited because Heather is super close. We're actually both in the same town, city. It's now a city. We're in Colchester, around Colchester in Essex in the UK. And Heather Luina is a, I mean, she's many things. She uses the pronouns she, they. So I'll let Heather also introduce herself in a second. But she is a pleasure-seeking activist. um, And I'm super excited we met in person, which is also epic. Um, I've had some, I, you know, I have a lot of reverence for the virtual world and Instagram and the amazing connections that I make on there. And a lot of the conversations so far in this series have come through the virtual world. And Heather and yet Heather and I met in a field <laughs> at a festival. Which was, <laughs> I didn't. Refreshing, refreshing. Yeah. It doesn't happen anymore does it yeah so welcome Heather thank you so much for being here I don't know if you want to just take a moment to introduce yourself anything that feels like it needs to be shared in this space to say hello yeah yeah thank you so much I really appreciate that Sophie and yeah I think I still remember you coming over kind of like curious about what I was doing like oh what's happening here um so yeah Heather Lorena they them she her absolutely whatever goes is fine for me it's a lot about representation for the trans and um non-binary community as well as I teach relationship and sex education but yes I am a pleasure activist and it's so lovely just to hear that come back to me of just like yeah here I am (laughs) yes you are and I think what it was that I walked past we were at this festival called the medieval festival in Colchester both working on different stools and I saw Heather's work which is called the Volvo Love Club and people were sat painting oyster shells um, with you know potentially with vulvas in them they could choose whatever they wanted to paint in their, in their oyster shell but a lot of people were painting vulvas into the oyster shells and I was like hang on a minute I need to meet this person <laughs> who who is doing this amazing project um, and so that's where that's where we connected painting oyster shells um, <laughs> gold paint uh, with vulvas so I think that's pretty beautiful so can you tell yeah. us a bit about vulva love club and where she has come from yeah so vulva love club l-u-v love um so vulva love club it's a funny one I was speaking to a friend the other day trying to remember where it actually came from um so a few years ago I was struggling with mental health and was signed off work and um uh, as someone that does teach uh, sexual health or relationship and sexual health education and growing up femme in this society in the western world and the impact that patriarchy has had on my life trauma and the rest of it um I just had a bit too much with not being okay and it was really detrimental to my health and when I called the doctor and got signed off it was all of the validation that I needed to be like oh oh I'm not very well then um 
and you know just going day by day or even hour by hour and as a result I found myself because I had nothing else to do and it was still pandemic vibes then that I was in my room as if I was still a child and like entertaining myself my sister's seven years older than me so I often was just entertaining myself um and I found myself getting pens and paper and sketchbooks and picked up a ukulele I was living in a housing co-op with some vegan anarchists so there was all sorts of musical instruments so I was feeling inspired by this sort of creativity but I never really felt like an artist I never really felt like that was my thing um yeah pleasure seeking became a huge thing for me as a way to combat the struggles that I was experiencing with mental health and a few years before that I was living in Iceland and I learned Lomi Lomi massage which is a type of Hawaiian massage and so I was using this as a sort of self-care practice massaging myself having flashbacks and thought have I gone mad what is this but actually through some research and checking in with the doctor there was it was backed up that actually maybe I wasn't going mad and actually there is some knowledge and power and wealth within our bodies and so if we're massaging certain areas we're almost acknowledging parts of the body where trauma has been stored and just acknowledging it might be a bit like time travel I talk about that occasionally um going back to past memories and it was like oh my god you've been holding on to that in you know your elbow or something for so long what else might be in here and it was an exploration and I will sometimes joke about trauma being a bit of a hobby of mine but I'm fascinated by it and the knowledge that it brings um so I, I love going into these sorts of realms um and it just really helped spending time with myself as someone that has given so much time and energy to so many other people. I've spent more than half my life volunteering with different marginalized communities, sex workers or homeless people, refugees and traveling to different parts of the world as well. So essentially I burnt out because life caught up with me. And then I was allowed and permitted the time um, to be able to kind of digest what was going on and at, at the same time I did a course um, with Suffolk Rape Crisis which was about empowerment and as someone that does work in the field of sexual health I learned so much from that about patriarchy that I hadn't even realized and there was so much unlearning from growing up being a teenage girl and these messages that we sort of receive without any sort of questioning about whether that's right or wrong and so the vulva element also came into it because actually there's a word that we don't use. We're always talking about vaginas, not always, depending who you are. But, um, you know, the representation matters and recognizing that there is this portal that can um, lead to the conception of life or experience all sorts of pleasure that we are forbidden to mention and talk about. It was like, what's going on here? And even as someone that grew up in a Christian background, with a Christian family, we don't talk about these things. Well, that's half the issue. If you haven't got the space to talk about stuff, you bottle it all and keep it all inside of you. And then you get sick because your nervous system can only handle so much. And um, so I think it was recognizing that we do have the potential within us. Our nervous system is about seeking pleasure. And there are so many external factors that compromise that for us that actually when I studied somatics to kind of back up this sort of bodywork magic, essentially, that I think it is, I was realizing that we then have our nervous system and polyvagal theory, which I won't get into too much detail here, definitely research it, watching YouTube videos, there's loads out there now, but actually in accessing pleasure, we are doing stuff that is nourishing for our nervous system. 
and therefore it is good for us and it doesn't have to be sexual pleasure but to allow space so now it looks more like uh, encouraging people through social media um, and workshops to be able to hold space for people to seek pleasure and that looks like kind of cultivating environments whether it's the lighting the music getting it just right encouraging solo dating because so many of us just fumble through relationships and are seeking something external to us when actually everything we need we have already with inside of us and if we do not find the space and time to be able to sit with ourselves then how will we know what we truly like irrelevant of what other people think because I think also for many people particularly those that grew up femme I also love groomed by the patriarchy which I use as a hashtag and it keeps getting removed but I believe it and that was a kind of like yeah two fingers up to drag performers grooming children no you want to know who's groomed us the patriarch has got a lot to answer for um so yeah in cultivating these spaces to spend time with ourselves and like laying two plates like cooking a nice meal as if you had a friend and a guest or you're hosting someone treating yourself like that because fundamentally when you hit rock bottom and there was no one else there with you you have yourself for company and you might have a really difficult relationship with yourself but you have yourself for the rest of your life so the sooner you find ways to cultivate that relationship and nourish yourself as if that inner child or that part of you that is looking for some love giving yourself that love is the most empowering thing and the most exhausting and hard thing to do to get to that point but the result you can experience pleasure in any moment because pleasure is experienced in the presence And so if you just take a moment to just like hand on your heart and notice your heart beating or sense like a breeze on your skin or the scent of a flower, that is pleasure seeking. And that does all sorts of things to your nervous system and it's accessible at any point. But there's lots of external factors out there that compromise that or feel like they're consciously trying to prevent that. And that needs challenging, not vulvas, not sexuality, not gender, but actually why is there a force out there trying to compromise this beautiful thing, this life that we have to experience? So it's been a journey and I absolutely love it, but um, it's just a little idea that I had and it kind of escalated. (laughs) And then I'm sat in a field drawing vulvas on shelves thinking, what is my life? And also just on that, the most beautiful part was um one of the other stallholders had some children often children would come because there's like pens paper and I'd always say just so you know I teach relationship and sexual health um because then it gives parents an opportunity if they want to go no no come away but actually in normalizing the conversation so many of the issues came because there weren't spaces to talk about stuff so much harm is done because we don't talk openly about stuff and we internalize the shame and stigma um so having children and parents having open conversations and even just one child drew something that looked like a vulva and I was like this is it I'm done I'm complete now (laughs) my life is done (laughs) um because yeah representation matters and what a beautiful world that is to live in one that we're informed about our bodies and our ability to experience life rather than just perform just be play out that role that version of you that you think someone thinks that you are no one is thinking about how you're showing up in the world everyone is also thinking am I doing it right am I doing it okay what a waste of time I spent far too long playing out roles and versions of myself that I thought were what other people wanted and expected so it's been a huge journey 
but now I get recognized and people go are you Volvo Love Club so I love that my face now brings people to Volvo's like great <laughs> I couldn't have asked for anything more <laughs> oh my gosh that was just so full of like so many gems like I was going ping 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 like so many like points that we could go off down amazing tangents from what you've just shared um one thing I will say is just celebrating and I, I love how you sort of broke down the pleasure conversation because I think again what's happening now which is brilliant and you're part of that is this idea this breaking down that pleasure has only to do with sex and that pleasure is just about seeking orgasm um and achieving you know achieving an orgasm which is you know again not problematic problematic yeah yeah so problematic and so just that idea that pleasure can be found in each and every moment and it is it is in each and every moment and that we get to you know come back to it and and find how it shows up for us in that moment I I love that I love that and also how sexy nature is like I live in the countryside now so just seeing like through the spring and the summer like flower like now I understand the birds and the bees never did anyone explain what that means nature is horny nature is sexy like that pollen like luring in the bees and actually what is wrong with that because essentially that is all sex is but it's built all this mess around it and it's become really problematic thank you patriarchy um so yeah no well I always say pleasure not necessarily sexual because I get it I see it in people when I say pleasure they they oh that's all yeah comfortable it's painful um and it me and and to them to people instantly they go to oh god we've got to talk about sex and oh no like that's oh god we have to go down that road it's like actually we can but it doesn't have to be straight it's the same as like sex itself like we don't have to just jump straight into sex it's like we need a lot of foreplay before the sex can happen so like let's just start with the basics like you you were doing on screen like just touching your hands touching your elbows your wrists like it doesn't have to be about the sort of stereotypical sexual zones of the body it can be any any part of the body and actually even like our feelings and psyche and you know non um non-physical places as well yeah that's the other thing I say sex isn't about penetration and yeah, yeah it's definitely not uh, people need to be aware of that if they're not aware of it um and yeah just like sensuality I also do yeah the Hawaiian massage mm-hmm. and holding space for people to be able to come home to their body their whole being is the most beautiful thing but it's also really intimate so there can also be confusion about like how when else because uh usually it's nude as well people would be naked they have a bit of fabric to cover their genitals they can wear clothes if they're more comfortable trauma informed that's really important because it's a really vulnerable thing to be naked with someone particularly someone that you don't know so I think that's my sort of approach is making sure that people feel safe and comfortable but actually when else do we experience that sort of intimacy if you don't go out of your way to cultivate it with your family and your upbringing with your communities actually even just sitting with a friend and giving a hand massage might feel a bit awkward like what are you doing actually like in the same way in a relationship in an intimate relationship why are we not like that more with our friends why are we not more intimate with each other and why is it we save that for someone because of the conditioning we many of us have received and that makes us think that no we must be in a monogamous hetero 
relationship and get married and have family and do babies and all of that and if that's what you want that's cool but please check in with yourself that that is what you want because why show up in a relationship performing a version of yourself that you think someone else wants because that's only you missing out on your own life and your own existence and I think that's really important so yeah solo dating in a relationship with self oh it's the best thing (laughs) yeah yeah and and what comes to mind for me and my own my own kind of deep decolonizing of my kind of relationship conditioning is that thing of how much pressure that is to put on one person that you're only kind of touchy feely intimate with with one person and also that they're the person that is the only person who knows every knows certain things about you or everything about you in some you know some context or that we have this idea that some someone that we're intimate with should know everything about us and it's like that's a lot for someone to hold and therefore you know the amount of pressure that that puts on a on a connection with someone to be all the things all the time all at once it's like can we how can we like you say honor that we ourselves I myself can hold myself and also I can have a wide group of people around me who are also my support network who also know things who are also kind of some of them I'm comfortable with touch with and I'm you know there's other ways that I can be intimate and close with people without it being this sexual relationship if I want to be in a monogamous monogamous relationship Um, and I was going to ask as well about the word club because you mentioned the word vulva and the love and so the club feels like a community type word is that where it's sort of where that came in Yeah, yeah exactly I think that's the thing I also in the um anarchist housing place I was going through a thing that like okay building utopia I mean it was the pandemic so it was very much like hope is what fuels me because if we don't have hope what's the point we give up but hope is what drives me so this idea of like okay that after party I was really hoping for a covid street party like an after covid street party if that makes sense just yeah. like why doesn't that happen um and it was like what would that look like it would be like a festival would there be this is this and then it was like pleasure oh maybe it's a sex club utopia like you start thinking all these things like, I'm not sure if everyone's okay with the sex club no consent's really important and so you know we are creatures of community and I think it's really important to have a relationship with ourselves and prioritize that but also so that you can support and be of service to our communities because actually holding space for other people to experience pleasure is the most pleasurable thing supporting someone through somatic coaching to be able to better communicate with their partner their sexual needs or their intimacy needs essentially um so that they can then achieve deeper intimacy with their partner yes let's all get involved in this conversation because i think for so long for too long it's been um yeah taken away from us or avoided or compromised um so I think actually the club element is yeah at some point I'd love to have a physical space where this can happen in person and it's not necessarily sex club maybe it's a sex club on a Wednesday it's consensual and optional for the people that want to be involved in it but it's also a space to create it's also a place to share music to share stories to be seen to be heard to come together and work on something because why on earth not would we want to cultivate more pleasure in our lives because what is life without it and it can be a life filled like even yeah coming back to nature just thinking look how the weather's changing or the birds or just even just as we grow as beings and thinking about what on earth are we doing on this planet 
but I think so many of us have been like, we just need to work, we just need to pay bill, we just need to get through this. Like the struggle is real. When I get that job, when I get that relationship, when I get that, like, or how about right now? And so I think the club element is that I'd love to have a club. I think it'd be great. I love hosting, do dinner parties or something like that. Um, so I think that's where it goes at some point. But the, the, the element of it being a club is that it's not, here I am, it's like, here we are. Let's yeah. bring this together um, and representation matters. So, yeah. And also that it's inclusive of all people. But, yeah, shock. It's mainly women and queer folk that really love this. So I struggle having conversations with cis men or I find that cis men aren't or struggle to have conversations with me. I don't know. But I do think given the Me Too movement, um, there's plenty of conversations and spaces that need to be held there. And I do know of like a few um, guy clubs, I guess, um, uh, which I think is really exciting to see. Um, and I want to have more conversations with guys if any want to speak to me, because I think we've all got a lot of reflecting and learning to do. But at the minute it feels like my remit or my community anyway, um, tends to be women and queer folk that are gagging to get more pleasure in their lives um in whatever shape or format and I think all people are deserving and worthy of that so let's have a Volvo Love Club that's for all genders um yeah but as you can understand not all men are rushing to join or you do get the odd ones on Instagram that follow you and it's like no that's not that sort of Volvo Love Club <laughs> yeah yes there's maybe a miss a misunderstanding or a a, a wish that it was something else <laughs> um but yeah I I, when I hear the word club I sort of and it's sort of what you what you describe it's like that kind of sense of a cheerleading squad like a you know a place where you can get celebrated and you can go to get that kind of validation and that appreciation and that acknowledgement of who you are and where you are on your journey and meeting you exactly where you are on your path and you know how incredible even to have a virtual space like which is what you're creating but like you say to maybe at some point that, that that it might become normalized that we have these clubs where we know that we can go and be like, oh, yeah, something flipping awesome happened today. And I want to share it and I want to kind of be celebrated or something crap happened. And I also want to kind of share it and celebrate it and be heard and, yeah. and know. Well, that that's a really important thing, I think, just to point out that the Volvo Love Club is not bypassing the trauma and sexual yes. and inequalities that have been experienced it is pushing through that and sitting for me it was sitting with myself in my own filth in my own mess in my own grief in my own trauma and still being able to put the party lights on yes and you know enjoy myself with all my gremlins and sort of yeah swamp vibes um and still be able to access pleasure despite that um because I think it's actually really foolish to presume that they're the vulvas yeah all great fun wonderful lovely great but you know the data is there the statistics are there and there's so much like gender inequality and sexual assault and violence that is out there that actually you can't acknowledge one without the other mm-hmm. well you can if that's what you want to do but for me it's definitely showing up in whatever wants to show up and honoring what wants to show up rather than shape-shifting into I'm all right look this is okay look mm-hmm. wonderful no there is space for all of you exactly as you are rather than trying to just bring parts of ourselves um because I think that can be that's what helps us 
grow and yeah move through that to just kind of digest and be able to sit with ourselves and to be seen that's the other thing to be seen in our own filth you know there's some things I wouldn't post online um you don't need to expose all the rawest parts of you but to yourself to be able to sit with yourself yeah when it becomes a bit abusive maybe just have a break but if you're able to indulge in it and enjoy it then it's yeah you're on the right track yeah and I I think I think you the fact the way that you talk about it and the way that you exude that you exude the positivity of that you know you you describe it in such a way that's that is celebratory of like yes I've you know we've I've had these deep dark experiences and I've been to very hard places within myself and yeah we've gone all (laughs) yeah yeah and that's what I feel from you from you know from our first meeting and from all the conversations we've had since is this sense of like I've been there and I'm going there and I continue to go there and it's not like a one-stop shop but I've been there once and I've done my thing and I've got my ticket and I'm back to the like happy clappy world it's like no like that's we go we, we you know it's an exchange and it's like we come into the light and into the shadow and both are welcome and it's like that kind of dance between the two and I feel like that's because you're representing Volvo Love Club and all the other things that you do that's what is people will feel safe around that because they can see it and they they know that you've you're doing the work so that gives them permission to do the work as far as they feel safe to and I know that's part of your somatic coaching as well that's part of that kind of world of like helping people sit in the in their darkness and be okay with it and know that it's completely fine yeah because it doesn't it doesn't go away yeah so if you've experienced any sort of trauma whether that's sexual or not what you know childhood trauma whatever we've all got some parts of it shock um mm. uh spoiler <laughs> for anyone that spoiler alert. yeah um uh, but that's okay because that's what causes or allows us to grow and evolve the issue is when we have trauma and we don't necessarily understand it. So part of the learning that I did and the, the um, workshops that I attended was understanding the impact of PTSD and digesting our experiences rather than just being triggered. So just an example, it got as bad as for me walking down the street. If I was to pass someone that appeared male presenting, my nervous system was shook, like I'm triggered. And that isn't that person's fault that isn't anything to do with that person but when it got that bad that it was impacting me at that level I mean there's all sorts of social anxiety you know going around the supermarket sometimes a bit overwhelming but in reality you know my issues were with men and actually recognizing that and actually finding something that I could do about it and what that meant was kind of cutting people out and coming back to myself and calling my energy home it took a lot of energy but it took so much more just enduring what I was going through on a frazzled nervous system. I had nothing left to give. And so once you've tried everything, eventually you're just like, you hit rock bottom and something has to change. And so I think that was it. Little by little, piece by piece, you kind of bring stuff in and it doesn't mean that it all vanishes and goes away, but it does mean that you can sit with yourself in your own filth. And therefore when the drops come, it doesn't hit so hard. You don't drop so far, you don't fall so bad. Whereas before I felt like I'd get this visual that I was kind of, say there was like a massive cavern like a, or a well or something um, and with a, such a deep drop. And I was just running 
off the edge and falling down it, just like throwing myself to the universe or throwing myself to people and projects and just like, see, look, I'm living like, at least I'm living, you know, at least I'm going to be able to pick myself up. And I think this is what a martyr is maybe. Um, and it was irrelevant of any sort of abuse that I was causing myself, my body, my nervous system as a result of not necessarily realizing and the conditioning that I had to appease men and, you know, the sorts of roles that we take on um, growing up female, that actually when I learned that I didn't have to jump off anything, that actually I could just wait on the edge. And when the universe was ready or whatever the universe had for me, it would present itself. I didn't, there might be a vulnerability of jumping, you know, trying to get to the other side again. But, you know, I'm not, why would I jump and wait and see what happens rather than, I'm just going to set up a picnic on this side. I'll bring some snacks. Oh, the sun's shining. This is all right. I'd seek that pleasure where I am rather than trying to avoid. And I guess that's it essentially, isn't it? We're trying to run away from whatever's wanting us. Um, but yeah, I think it's really important that people understand a lot of our reactions and how we show up in relationships, particularly if you've experienced trauma, will be automated, like our brain will be automatically responding to scenarios that feel familiar. So mm-hmm. our nervous system, if you, have, if you get triggered by a smell, a word or an action or a person or yeah, a person walking past you, um, that actually, um, you know, my nervous system was responding because of previous stuff that happened so I think it's really important that actually we cultivate space to just nourish ourselves to hold ourselves like all right babe how are you doing it's been a while and I think that's what still feeds into my relationship with myself now and I recognize it at the minute things are a bit up in the air and it's like oh I've not journaled for a while you definitely should do that and it's like not ready for that yet I'm not in that headspace but I know that I've got these tools and resources available and at any point can come back to that um so yeah I'll get really waffly about this so please (laughs) no I love it and I think this is sort of where I wanted to go a little bit was to kind of delve a bit into sort of we've heard a little bit about Volvo Love Club and I I love you know that you're sharing about your somatics I I feel like you are without even saying it's sharing about your somatic understanding and your somatic coaching and I want to know a little bit more about like why like where did this all come from like what gave you what gave you the permission not that we need permission but like obviously there was something in you that needed permission or that got permission from somewhere to to show up in this way and you're you're so eloquent and you're so like the way that you speak about it is so compelling and so but it's also so um real you know it's so tangible and it makes so so much sense of everything so is there I mean, I call it creative magic and I know you, you've probably got different words for it, but I feel like I feel that's what's coming out of you right now, even through the screen is like this creative magic, this like. You're you're you are birthing and have birthed many things that kind of allow people to sit in their filth, but also that, that is their magic, as you said, that is yeah, yeah, yeah. the filth of magic. Yes. <laughs> so it's sort of allowing people to break that that down and and play play in that world but so you've mentioned that you've done a lot of volunteering work and you've you've worked in a lot of kind of spaces that are very much giving back beautiful beautiful like opportunities and also potentially detrimental to yourself in some ways yep. I, uh, if you don't have boundaries yes yes boundaries. Clean yes yourself back. <laughs> So yeah, is there is there like a part of your childhood or anything that you can sh- that you'd like to share about your childhood and your experience growing up that 
that you can see like yes that's why I have this permission in me to to be all these things um interesting so I mean the first thing that's coming to me is essentially I teach sex ed so I can talk about vulvas I can talk about stuff as professional Heather or in my personal life with certain people but actually my own relationship with sexuality or my body as well there's still something there as I think I mentioned already growing up in a Christian family Christian household we didn't talk about certain things um yeah I don't know if it's relevant but it's coming up so we'll go with it before I was born my parents lost a child and um they didn't necessarily speak about it and who knows how you're supposed to manage grief the right way and so I think for me there was a lot that came from in the last few years anyway digesting a lot of stuff of how I dealt with that when I was younger without really realizing that I was dealing with them so if my parents and my family were grieving and I come along bundle of joy um because I'm not traumatized by life <laughs> you know when you're first born um uh, then you've got this energy and this playfulness and I think that was kind of challenging growing up because I always thought like I can't mess up because there was I've not taken someone's place but you know I can't mess up for my parents sake they've already been through enough I can't mess up for my family I can't mess up I can't mess up I can't mess up so rather than not messing up I'm going to do the messing up but I'm going to keep it to myself and I'm going to keep it all in here that's what makes you sick <laughs> um uh, and you know we've done a lot of therapy and work through that I think growing up in a Christian family my dad was heavily involved in the church so Sundays we were in the church we were running around it was like oh I was running around anyway my sister's seven years older than me so maybe she was being more of a teenager um but there was a playfulness of this beautiful building and all these people gathering and our, you know all these people that knew our family we had this sense of community and that kind of dissipated when I hit puberty and my parents stopped going to a church now my dad's a free-range disciple because Jesus would have just spoke to his mates about life in like well, his idea was I could just go to Costa Coffee and just go to a coffee shop and chat with mates about life. Um, so I, I love that. And that was really refreshing. And I think my parents do have this playfulness and this silliness. And that inspires the playfulness in me. Mm. But I think there is, as someone that also in school was doing art, and then failed at school and in sixth form I bumped all my lessons just to do art and I still just got an E. I look back now and realise that actually I was struggling with PTSD then but there was no sort of safeguarding intervention but then I went on to work in a college in an art department and did pastoral stuff so I wasn't teaching but I was doing pastoral support so there it comes in that sort of holistic mm. um, and I was surrounded by all these creative people. So I've always been on the sort of edge around creative people. My dad was a photographer and he um, would make like animations and stuff with his friends. Um, and my mum makes cards and is creative more so now than she used to be. She had a manager's job when I was growing up. So I spent more time with my dad. Um, uh, and actually the, the, the Volvo Love Club thing more recently I keep saying I'm not an artist I'm not an artist and my mate's like yeah conceptual artist probably like oh interest 
Mm. And I think back to when I was at school and the sorts of stuff that I was interested in, it was like, yeah, it was about the experience. I remember going into an art gallery, there was some exhibition on, it was a really dim lit, dim lit, rule, uh, dim lit room. And the uh, there was these huge images, 12 of them, that were raised on like elephant dung or something. So there was a certain sense and even these little details, I remember that it was an experience and that's the thing that I enjoy. And I never really thought about it until recently. I was just like, ah, oh, you know, I have enjoyed the like the beauty, I guess, of creativity. And I think more recently, it's been a really nice process to kind of understand that that is nature. We are of nature and actually expressing ourselves and what wants to come to the service. And for me, Volvo Love Club is an organic <laughs> being and it will take whatever shape that it sees fit at the time rather than this is a business I'm gonna I have this agenda or these aims and targets like nah well let's just have a conversation with Soph let's just see what comes and I think the somatic training that I had allowed me to recognize the magic of flow and, tr and trusting whatever wants to come out is what is meant to be there um growing up I think imagination because my sister was a bit older than me I spent a lot of time on my own there was yeah more of a sense of play and imagination but it wasn't necessarily oh I'll get the pens and paper out now and even now I feel like I'm collecting sketchbooks but I'm just writing and writing and writing and it's like fun and sometimes I get some like yeah a bit more creative or drawing or doodling and just like flow state see what comes and what's interesting is that I just leave that there for a little while and then when you come back to stuff and kind of sort through stuff, you're like, oh, yeah, that was inside of me and that just appeared. And actually honoring what wants to come up rather than, like I say, shape shifting and being like, no, don't do that. Don't do this. If I am thinking and visualizing vulvas all of the time, I need to get that on paper because something is coming through divinity is speaking to me and I'm not sure what it's saying. But, you know, even just hearing you reflect some stuff back to me, then it's like, yeah people need this <laughs> like people mm -hmm. need access and actually I didn't have access to this and I'm in a position where I can confidently talk about sex and intimacy for a day job so why not try and kind of combine this and just trust in the process whilst at the same time living through my own internalized shame and stigma and, and struggles but actually what's at the end of it is like the people that love me haven't run away mm -hmm. and I'm being my authentic self and anyone that's a bit squeamish or uncomfortable is entitled to feel how they want to feel. But you're not going to prevent me from being me. And I know and I trust and I believe that I'm not doing any harm to you. I'm just over here doing my thing, having my little club, having my little party. If you want to join, you're more than welcome, mate. But there's some ground rules. Yeah, we've got some boundaries. Yeah, because we need to protect our ecosystems. Um, so, yeah. Yes. I don't know if that answered your question then, but yeah, yeah. we're on a journey. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I'm curious, even like that, what you shared about your dad, like, you know, how his involvement in the church kind of manifested and changed and evolved. And again, even that, even that as a kind of, um, you know, action orientated role model, it's not something that probably was verbalized or maybe it was, but it was more like his actions that, that it kind of changed his, his interaction changed for me even here in hearing that I I hear this kind of permission that things evolve and things change and things won't stay the same forever and we don't you know I don't know if I don't know if this is true but we don't have to kind of negate or shame the past or shame how we were with things we can just acknowledge that oh that time is done for now and we 
are moving to the next thing um, yes yeah I don't know that just felt like I needed to again kind of reflect back into the conversation but I'm just interested does that does that resonate with what you experienced with your family it's like the different seasons like cyclical living um how we have winter spring summer depending what part of the world that you live in um and I think yeah I also remember last winter where I was living seeing everything get cut back and it it hurt like I felt it physically it was like oh this death this grief oh my god it's the end but actually in order for the spring and the summer to come you you need to cut things back things need to come back down and there's um, a digestion process I guess of things breaking down um also with regards to um the sort of influence that my dad or his work has had on me I actually, at the event that we were at a few weeks back, um, someone was saying, I said how my dad's a reverend, and he said, um, this guy that I was speaking to said, uh, commented on was like, well, he must have done a good job. Not that my dad has ever taught me in being a reverend, that's not where our conversations go. But it's like, ah, this is my ministry. Mm. And bringing those elements of church that I grew up in, that I enjoyed the magic that I, you know, I was around people that were praying, that were having, experiencing miracles and, and singing and, and worshipping, you know, like worship in Uganda and Rwanda is lit. It is a party. Um, it, yeah, actually those elements I was seeing in other areas of my life that was not associated with Christianity whatsoever. And so that's something that I've come to terms with now is that actually showing up as myself and this evolution that I'm kind of going through which I think we all go through we all you know we go from child baby to adult and old person um if we stayed the same the whole time it wouldn't make any sense so it's it's natural to have these sorts of rhythms and go in these cycles um and living more harmoniously alongside them rather than trying to resist them and 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 put a strain in that relationship um so yeah it's really interesting now to kind of reflect and kind of treat Volvo Love Club as a sort of passion project church type thing mm. and all the formalities that are there I even said to my dad so I really want to do this sort of course through the winter um I want to run church essentially I want to have people get I want a congregation like let's like celebrate so I was saying to him like just what is the sort of like itinerary of a church service so he kind of was explaining <laughs> um some things is like yeah okay yes you'd like starting with a sermon or notices um you know settling in and grounding and then maybe there's a sermon and a storytelling that can lead into worship and and coming into the body and praise and then sort of like teas and coffees and natters afterwards like aftercare um so it was just like are there something to be used to right I don't need to be fighting against anything Mm. you know need to be resisting and people are free to believe whatever they want religiously um culturally or yeah spiritually but for me and having been to different parts of the world and being the daughter of a reverend um that does like missionary work in different parts of the world and people go what's your um what's your story what brought you to god yeah growing up was like i don't know what that means and I'm surrounded by people talking about the word of God and there's a voice inside of you and I try so hard to listen and I couldn't hear it but everyone around me was and I think that's probably why I was a teenager kind of like just didn't flow with I didn't get it now I guess it that voice inside of us that inner guiding knowing voice that is there always if we allow space in our lives to be able to listen to it that's our God and we are that God um is what I believe. And I think it's true um, uh, that actually when you recognize that the God 
uh, or goddess is within you already. Like you are already worthy. You are already divine. You are already, you can sit in your own mess. You don't have to wash for days. Like I am already divine because then you don't have to chase it. It's not outside of you, but already is. And yeah, I can jazz it up and make it look more beautiful. Um, but you also don't have to, and you're honoring what you already are. And I think when people realize that, or that you have this as permission, I'm telling you now, you are all worthy of this and you are all divine beings. The reality of what any of us have gone through to be able to exist, to be conceived mm. and then exist in this planet, in this life, that's worth celebrating enough. So yeah, I think it's 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 been really beautiful to kind of bring those elements of joy and magic that I experienced as a child but didn't necessarily understand and weave it into what I'm doing now knowing that I'm not because there could be a conflict of like am I criticizing or you know compromising or in not threatening but like insulting Mm. religion or spirituality or people's faiths but I'm allowed to show up here with my own faith in the same way that anyone else is. And my faith is in myself. And I've worked really hard to get to this place. And actually, rather than coming from an undergrounded place to make decisions or thinking that I should perform out certain things, play out certain roles, let me just sit with myself and check in with my inner guide. And let me just nourish myself and make sure that the foundation beneath me is solid before I make any decisions rather than like, okay, we'll just go along with it. We'll go along with this. You know, what, what, benefit is that having there's a lot of challenges and politics within the church environment um so yeah just a lot more love and a lot more I guess authenticity but I know that word gets some people's backs up as well but yeah but uh, honoring what is there honoring what is alive within us and um and knowing that that is divine already yes yes and yeah, just this whole idea of honoring, almost honoring your lineage, like honoring your dad, you know, by by bringing that concept of church and and how do we imagine it? And actually what came to me was this, this like realization that is so easy when we're, quite, and it's healthy to question dogmatic faith structures and like that, you know, that's great to question it. And there's that thing of, do we need to throw the baby out with the bathwater? Because there's, like you said, there's so much juice and so much kind of beauty in that structure that you're talking about within a church service that is so nourishing. And of course it has reason and it has a reason that it's been that way, that it's worked. It has um, created structure that keeps people feeling good. And yeah, so you can use it. And it's not like it belongs to anybody. It doesn't, you know, no one owns it. <laughs> Although maybe the, maybe some structures would like you to believe that they did but it's like you know we we can we can be inspired by different things and it doesn't mean that we have to follow a certain um yeah a certain dogma or a certain set of rules it's just we can u- utilize things and I love that and I love that you're chatting to your dad about it that's so cool I don't think he necessarily knows in what uh, how I'm perceiving but <laughs> I think that's the the other thing is like they don't really care like we love you whatever but you know there was a lot of shame associated with like going through this sort of mental health journey there's like don't talk about that don't talk about that but it's always the way you don't want to say the thing don't say the thing because it might rock the boat but actually we say the thing and bring it into the light it's never that big so never had specific um you know 
how many people actually do that with their families and like all right let's do it let's let's have an intervention you know it's not necessarily beneficial but actually it wasn't needed and the evolution of our relationship has grown from me being able to be like I'm not okay and I don't necessarily need to tell you why and then be like all right we still love you it doesn't change anything so I'm very I'm very 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 aware that I'm blessed to have that sort of foundation that came with its own challenges as with anyone <laughs> um you know relationships are challenging but I've got that real solid foundation I grew up in a quite a privileged setting that um you know we were involved with the church and we were surrounded by community and people performing and saying this is all great this is all wonderful and then my family to take a step back from the church um, for their own reasons and to, to kind of cultivate their spirituality in their own way and filter yeah. that into their life I guess that probably was a good example that I hadn't necessarily noticed at the time but yeah church can be whatever you want it to be yeah. whereas when I was growing up my dad would have visitors from Rwanda he'd do assemblies my sister was a teenager was like oh it's a bit cringe now um you know a bit happy clappy these Christians and it's like oh yeah no yeah no yeah we don't yeah. want to be associated whereas be now yeah exactly I really struggled with that um whereas now it's just like I get it and I don't really care what anyone else is thinking either because I know what it means for me and that's all that any of it matters really matters is what is our relationship with our god or goddess yeah so within within all this, do you see as any particular blocks that you had to really overcome that kind of maybe floored you a little bit at points within this sort of structure, your familial structure or societal structure that you've experienced? Yeah, well, patriarchy is one, isn't it? Um, uh, it's once they started to learn about patriarchy and the role it sort of played and I know that when I say patriarchy many people particularly men think that I'm talking about them for some reason but actually that's not you know I don't know if I need to explain this or explain this to your audience but patriarchy feminism benefits all of us um uh, patriarchy is detrimental to all of us um so understanding the impact and the existential level that that is doing the work on myself I did I've done different sorts of therapy but I've done EMDR therapy which um is like eye movement something therapy so I'm reprogramming my brain and digesting all these feelings and experiences and past traumas and all sorts there was actually feels relevant to share this as well there was one part um that I felt like I was birthing myself and I felt oh I felt like I had the strength that my mother must have had to be able to dare to birth to get like conceive again and that's all the love I ever need is like that's in me that power that energy is inside of me so that you know that probably influences how I show up in the world but to go through all that to make all them changes to work so hard on having boundaries to to nourishing and respecting and reparenting myself but to still be living under the capitalist patriarchal society that we do that is the biggest challenge mm. it is a huge challenge and I think that influences the sort of work that I do with relationship and sexual health education and advocacy and all this like knowledge is power how many people actually had decent sex education not many if any and the fact that that's being challenged at the minute fuels me infuriates me on so many levels because I think well god we just need to come back just come 
come back, but actually how we interact with each other, how we communicate, all our interpersonal relationships, this all comes under sex education. And mm -hmm. having places to be able to talk about stuff safely is really important because otherwise we keep everything in. And what happens when we keep everything in? We get ill, as I've said. And we are also trying to navigate that world that has harmed us and is harming us. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the thing. And I've, I think it's probably why social media has been so beneficial, particularly through the pandemic of cultivating spaces, virtual spaces anyway, of finding your people, because actually we need to, um, yeah, we need to be planting churches that are beneficial for our souls and nourishing um, because we've got our work cut out and it can be absolutely exhausting and draining um, just kind of like, abuse essentially just taking it because that sort of change is hard and takes time and is on a societal level but I do believe it is possible with culture and I do think nowadays there's also so much more conversation about inclusivity and equity that you know there is hope for a better future and a better present yeah in this right right now moment but we've got our work cut out and that's what is the most painful thing but also that's the bit where I've gone existential I just need to come back come home to myself find that pleasure get in my little church with my congregation and just like find that bliss state and just know that it's all already okay and I think that's also the thing with regards to spirituality and how we show up in the world and the relationship that we have is that actually knowing that all oh, this is a bit of a game it's all a bit of a farce and at the end of it we die anyway but actually, what can we get out of this experience when we're here, when we're alive now, um, and enhance that and contribute to that um, as we see fit and appropriate and, yeah, safely, um, that's beneficial for us and of service to others as well. Um, I think, you know, we can live happily ever after. I do believe that queer utopia is possible when it's not necessarily a sex club, but maybe there's an optional sex club out the back. Um, you know, it's it's really important because the alternative is we settle and we accept at what is and we take it and it hurts and it's painful. And then what we just shrivel up. I feel like, you know, like when Ursula turns King Triton into that little creature thing like we kind of get shriveled up and die into that like wet cavern like yeah and we can sit with ourselves in that swamp and acknowledge like things to be grateful for and not spiritually bypassing the mess but to just be like oh I can feel my heart beating oh I can sense something beautiful I can sense something wonderful on my skin or even interactions that you're having with people, this all creates memories and experiences that is makes life worth living. But um, it's all temporary. And essentially all that happens, all that matters is right here, right now. Um, yeah, I think it's really important. Mm, bliss, yum, love it. Mm. I'm just grateful for you, to you for naming that, you know, for really framing that idea that we're doing so much work for ourselves and for the communities, but and yet we're still in the in these, you know, we're still we still are living within these structures of patriarchy and capitalism and white supremacy and all of the things, um, you know, the the silencing of marginalized people. It's all still going on, and yet, as you've alluded to, and we've I know we've kind of connected over is this idea of like if you let allow that to permeate too deeply that then it leads to burnout it leads to this like like you said there's a lot of work to be done and I know mm -hmm. that personally I've definitely 
sort of taken that very literally and been like, right, I need to work really, 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 really hard and like <laughs> find out all the things about myself as well as like help, you know, all the people that I can at the same time. And then this kind of epic nervous system breakdown just comes in and like is like, nope, you can't do all that. It's actually not possible. You need to rest. You need to like take a step back and all of the things. So I'm just, yeah, really grateful for framing it that way because I think, again, that is that is what these clubs and this church and this congregation is all about is like that seeing each other and being like, I see all the stuff you're doing and just remember what, where we where we are, like what, what world that we're in is mm-hmm. and give yourself a moment, you know, <laughs> give yourself like, uh, yeah 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 see that see see where you are within that within the mess within the mush and the filth and the and the king tried to like disappearing into his little mushy hole (laughs) I love that image um and that it's all okay that's you know with the energy that we're putting out by having these conversations and asking these questions and sitting in the dark without well I say without freaking out I'm sure yeah. I, I freak yeah. out many, many times. It's normal. It's appropriate to freak out. Yeah. In the yeah. <laughs> yeah. True, true. Yeah, having those freak outs and knowing that it's okay. Um, yeah, and, and I... I, 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 I was just going to add that it's also recognising that although there's so much work to do, you are of no service to anyone if you're not first and foremost in yes. service of... My mum said this um, a few years ago, like you are the most important person in your life. And it was like, it hits time and time again. And it wasn't until I did my massage training that I was like, oh, I must take care of myself because if I don't, it will come through on a massage. Like if I'm aching or something's not quite right and that's not okay, that's not, that's not of service to that person that's receiving. And so I must nourish myself. I must rest. I must meditate. I must do all these things that a few years ago, I was that cynical person that was like crystals. Yeah, right. I've had this necklace on my neck since I left Mexico several years ago um, because a shaman told me it will realign my chakras or something. Um, I'm, I can sit, be cynical and joke about it, but I also lean into it and I recognize the benefit and all of those things is strengthening that relationship I have with myself and with the world and the universe because we are of nature we are nature and so the sooner that we realize that and come back to that rather than you know sitting hunched over a desk working like looking at a screen for how many hours of a day and just like not eating or skipping meals or just eating processed foods and all these things the reason I preach about this is because I got to a point where my wild my nervous system shut down and I couldn't see to the end of the day I had to learn how to look after myself at the age of 33. It was my Jesus year. I was resurrected. Um, Coming back to that reference. Yeah. That's kind of the reality. It's like, yeah, it's not that it's like, look at me, I'm meditating, I'm I'm seeking pleasure, I'm absolutely hunky-dory. It's that has come out of a result of years of not knowing that I am worthy of being in relationship with myself and that I can treat myself appropriately and lovingly and generously and that that's not selfish or arrogant or you know I'm not putting other people first like no because I've got nothing to offer them if I don't put myself first so and I recognize also the representation that that has for others to see that and go oh boundaries maybe I could cover a bit of that in my life and that's the sort of conversations that I have with people now and I love that for people but it's you know it's doing the work and it's not easy and it's not for the faint-hearted 
trust the process and be kind to yourself as well like I say there's plenty of work there to be done but it it can wait as well because you have to look after yourself first and foremost so there's the work of the universe and patriarchy and capitalism and there is the work on ourselves and there is nurturing and looking after and nourishing ourselves in our cocoon and the work for ourselves or the universe is there at any point Mm -hmm. but we don't need to be self-harming ourselves indulging in that push we've got to fight for this we've got to go for it because there is so much at stake at the minute it can feel massively overwhelming and I think we all came a little closer to each other through the pandemic and that sort of global family that is like oh okay Mm -hmm. yeah this is real this is this is our life what is life this is bizarre so yeah finding ways to come back to that relationship with self and checking in with self because not necessarily anyone else is going to do that for you and checking in on you but you can do that to you in the most loving way you can do that however's right for you as well so yeah it's yeah I am passionate about it (laughs) yeah and I really hear that I really hear the passion and and I feel like by doing that by taking that time by getting to know ourselves on such a deep cellular level that that almost is that is the overturning of the patriarchy because the patriarchy does not want you to do that, does not want us to have that deep, deep, deep relationship with ourselves that knows what every little body tremor or tweak means because that does not serve this idea of needing to look for authority and needing to look for the hierarchy to serve us, which is what that those systems rely on. It's autonomy it's autonomy and this is what I teach sex ed like first and foremost the relationship that you have with yourself is the most important self-esteem could combat all sorts of harm that is done if people recognize their sense of self-worth rather than appeasing others and thinking they need to play out a role and keep other people happy at a detriment to themselves so starting with the relationship with yourself your self-esteem your self-worth that is everything from there that is doing the work um and it can look like lounging around listening to music eating food eating junk food you know like watching stuff online you know it can be whatever it is your pleasure um and I think one thing that I I fear sometimes is dropping back to how I did before uh, or dropping as low as I did before and I don't think I will because of the sort of resources that I've got now available to me and awareness as well yeah but it's it's recognizing that that might be possible, but we don't need to judge or shame or or compromise myself to to kind of go through that journey. It's like, oh, okay, the universe is offering a little insight here that's available. But if it's a bit much, I'm just going to put that down for a little bit. Let me just take a break, do something nourishing, and I know it's there and there's an opportunity for learning there. But that doesn't mean you know you don't need to be at school for twelve hours of a day to be able to endure that it's like okay that's interesting and and find the play and the magic available in that rather than the focus the thing about somatics is you're listening to the body you're listening to the nervous system and the sorts of reactions the sensations that we have in the body rather than analytically trying to make sense of stuff and I think that is the game changer because our nervous system gives us all sorts of knowledge there is so much insight available to us but if we don't have autonomy we don't have a sense worth over our own bodies we don't hear that we don't feel that we don't sense that or we confuse that or we ignore it yeah and that's something a lot of us do yeah and so not 
not to shame ourselves for that because it's so within the world that we've been brought up in that is so normal and so normal to kind of that we've been told to like you know ask for others opinion or ask for others for others to tell us what's going on within ourselves and that is a process of detangling that and there still be will be times where we need to ask for help and we need to ask for uh, guidance from a professional or from someone who who studied it deeply and there's other times where it's like okay let me just sit with this first and really ask myself deeply what is going on so that actually if I do speak to a professional I've got a whole list of things or a whole like set of knowledge that I can give them that's like I've experienced this and this and this and this rather than kind of you know going in without a clue yeah without a clue without a clue and I really see you on that sharing of like that fear of heading back to those dark places because I have the same the kind of same things come up um and I I guess how I how I kind of sit with that is I same I, I don't think I will go back as deep as I have been in into the dark into the filth I mean again and at the same time, I have much more of a reverence for the field now in that it's it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got so much wisdom in it. Um, yeah. And there's a humility. There's that humility that I that I kind of that's the word that came up as you were speaking was that thing of I, I had this flashback of like nights and nights of not sleeping and my nervous system just not letting me sleep because it was just in like that fear mode and like wanting me to be safe. And so sleep didn't feel safe and just sitting there in kind of in deep kind of prayer I would say prayer and reverence and kind of in some kind of communication with my higher self my future self asking her what I need and like what can I do and or what, what do I need how do I need to kind of frame this right now and and knowing that even if I do go back to those places as you say I've, I've now got those tools I've got that that kind of bodily wisdom stored in myself that that is what I did and that worked like over time it didn't work immediately but over a kind of extended period of time of like sitting with it and releasing the fear and just trusting that there was safety you know safety in actually in the dark there was safety um and and that yeah that if I do was to go back there again it's for a reason there's like a there's a a lesson or a something that needs to come through um because I know I know myself now and I know I know that, that I, I am just a person that can put throwing myself fully into things and therefore there is a potential for I guess burnout but just yeah the sort of giving up giving up something of myself to kind of create something or to to bring something into the world um and so there is potential for for you know a, 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 a breakdown of some kind and but then at the same time I can I can feel my resistance to even saying that but that's because the breakdown has got and the all those words nervous breakdown has got such a negative connotation in society but actually what if that's part of growth you know what is what if that's part of what my journey looks like to growth and that each time I'm getting something different to go you know deeper into myself um Oh, this is the thing. Big fan of Gabo Mate. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how, like, the symptoms, like depression, anxiety, are the symptoms, but they're also the guide. Like, you are recognizing that where you're at is not okay. And therefore, what changes? The pivot, like, what changes can I make? When your nervous system is so fried that there's nothing left, 
naturally you will be seeking rest and you will be shutting down other aspects or sensory overload as well it's just like let me just like put these things in my ears to like limit the sound or the lighting or something like this because our nervous systems are overwhelmed that's an amazing it's a it's I want to say it's a good thing it's a tool it's an acknowledgement and being in a place where things aren't okay means you have had enough and something must change and although it might feel overwhelming and there might be all sorts of plate spinning that you're like I'm not sure what changes I need to implement or how do we do this and I'm quite tired and I could do with a nap and I haven't got snacks and you know you're setting out on an adventure with nothing but actually you're you're mapping out and I think you 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 mentioned that relationship with future self and that's what I call time travel like whether you're indulging in like past self or future self this is a sort of like envisioning and daydreaming and you know visualization is such an amazing tool and moon cycles moon rituals saying intentions this is where I got to it the shaman that gave me this necklace that um comes with its own story but I won't bore you with that just yet <laughs> um but it was like you need to wash that by like water that you get from the sea by moonlight I was like what are you talking about but of course yes if it's going to save my soul I'll yeah sure I'll do it and um, moved to Iceland and I told my friend about this and she was like what happened so that then I've never done it so sh should we try it so this was in the January in Iceland and I was working night shifts at a shelter um for women with drug and alcohol dependency issues and we go down to the water's edge get some water on a full moon and go yeah it's pretty yeah full that's a full moon how long do we stand here for I don't know oh, I think we're probably done when we turned around the sky was lit the most incredible northern lights I saw I was there for a full year a solid year it was the most like the pink the green weaving we held each other like this stuff's real and from that point we did moon rituals and you know that I used that when I was volunteering in Greece and I still do it now I'm not as close to the water a few places before I was living here. I was right on the seafront um, uh, in another sort of guardian property. It was a bit like a squat, but it was amazing to be able to be overlooking the sea. So when it was moon ritual time, just nip downstairs and go out. Beautiful. What is that? Other than woo-woo, it's cultivating space and time within your life, within your day to just sit with yourself and be like, hey, how are we doing? Where are we at? Where do we want to go? What do we want to let go of? What do we want to bring and call in? Whether you're saying that to the moon, to the sea, to the sun, to a god, to some sort of like statue, to yourself, same saying, you're saying it out loud. And this is the nervous system and this is the energy thing. And now it's backed up by science and data. And I've studied the somatic school and know that all of the woo-woo that you might think is out there, try it, see what happens, because it might work for you and you might transform your life. And I think back to where I was However many years ago when I was living a conventional life with a partner, we had a house, friends were getting married, having babies, and it was like that voice in me being like, I don't think I want this, but surely I do. This is what everyone wants. I've got what everyone wants, and I don't want it. Or something inside me is feeling really unstable, and I need to listen to this. You know, I transformed my life and was probably seeking something. but. The alternative was to stay and to exist with those feelings and it was big and scary and terrifying and I've done so much stuff on my own now and what a blessing that is but it also comes at a price because you know you're sat with yourself through everything you have to make all of the decisions you have to bring your own snacks you have to make sure that you nap you have to do all this and it's exhausting 
but it's set me up now where I'm like, yeah, okay, I've got me for company, so I need to look after that. And I'm much more resolved, uh, resourced and, yeah, careful with how I spend my energy and how I show up in my life, um, whereas before I didn't have that. So coming back to, like, education for young people, self-autonomy, because when we are children, we need to make sure that we appease our caregivers for survival. And therefore, we then go to our parents or we go into school and then we have to sit still and you must fit in these boxes and perform and then be challenged and tested. And where's the space for that sort of creativity and expression and being in nature and the rhythms and the flows of the seasons or the day or the planets and these cycles? It's not there or it's prevented and limited. But actually, when we can encourage self-autonomy, what we are able to do is encourage people to have boundaries, to check in with their nervous system and be like, mm, is this a vibe for me? Is this worth bringing into my orbit or my ecosystem? Is it beneficial? Let me just sit with that for a bit longer or nah, actually this is red flag territory. That's really important that people have a sense of agency over their own bodies. But we don't teach like that. We don't educate. You need your maths, your English and your science. So cultivating space. And it's difficult if you've got children trying to like tell them, like, I want you to have autonomy and agency, but I also need you to do what I'm telling you because I need to cope. And, you know, I'm trying to shape you into a wonderful human being. Um, but I probably also have all of my own baggage and trauma as well. Like that's a that's a huge thing that parents are doing. But accepting that we're on that journey and offering spaces to kind of encourage and cultivate and inspire that sort of agency and autonomy is really important. If any of this is ever going to change, patriarchy, like you just said, patriarchy can exist. However, seeking pleasure as a pleasure form of activism, which doesn't look any differently, it is still just seeking pleasure, is the way to be able to combat that. Because then you're like, mate, I can't even hear you. I can't even hear that. What? You're just making noise. I'm over here enjoying, indulging, bathing in liquid rose gold with waterfalls coming around, frolicking with these creatures around me, blissed out in this world in my mind that I've just made up. Like I've gone mad or have we gone mad trying to fit within patriarchy and capitalism? You tell me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you share it that way because I read that on your website about the the you know the gold and the I'm yeah I'm a siren bathing in a rich caramel like golden waterfall and I'm like I love hearing you say it because it just makes it real and it makes it kind of it brings it to life and you can just picture it and all of that even that like I hear so much creativity in the language it's so kind of evocative and so everyone will relate to it differently but it just it it's a feel it bring it evokes a feeling it evokes like a sensation within me and I'm sure it would be different within every person but um I love that I love I love how even within this conversation I don't know if we've said it sort of um you know like definite in definite terms but I feel like this connection between creativity and pleasure and this sort of acknowledgement that they are actually one and the same thing <laughs> you know for me like I get so much pleasure from my creative practice and from my unapologetic creative practice. And it's the same with pleasure. I get less actual pleasure from like my performative pleasure that I've performed in the past 
than the pleasure when I when I'm actually asking myself what I want in this moment and that's not always what kind of stereotypically we think of when we as we said earlier it's not necessarily the um seeking orgasm or seeking like intense experiences it's sometimes about the really soft and the playful and the silly and the joy and the messing around and saying silly things and little wiggly dances or whatever it is you know because our bodies are here to be experienced and they're capable of so much and so many of us you know you know sitting back and watching stuff online or on tv and stuff and that's that's okay there's no shame here that's not what I'm saying but when you can because I do the same thing but when I can be conscientious enough to be able to recognize that I'm a body a living breathing thing this is my temple this is my church and it needs to flex it needs to move around it needs to be experienced you know I need to be able to sort of I'm going to get lost in that sort of metaphor but um, like the stained glass windows were coming to me then but you know it, it it needs to be what good is an empty church you need a congregation you know to be able to make that sort of choir uh those noises the sort of acoustics that you can get in sort of certain buildings and stuff we have a body and it's all too easy to forget about that but actually once we understand so thinking about like butterflies in the tummy we can all kind of remember that we can all like that feeling of um excitement remember that does it sound like I've not had any sort of butterflies for a long time you know I'm much more grounded aware of myself where I'm at now the um the reality is that 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 is our biology and feeling nervous about something or apprehensive or excited is going to impact like um as well as our environment, the things that we're eating, things that we put into our body, all influence our being, our body, our soma. It just comes from the Greek word for body. Um, and recognizing the the mind-body connection um, rather than just being analytical and in our heads and coming into our bodies. It's the most beautiful thing, but it is so easily done if we're exhausted and we're tired, potentially because we're living under late stage capitalist and patriarchy, it will be hella challenging to be able to indulge in pleasure they've won not that it needs to be a fight or a battle and not that you then need to perform and 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 try really hard but like you said it can be as simple as just coming you know having a cup of tea I remember to be fair I remember being on some trauma training uh, whilst volunteering in Greece and essentially about burnout and it was just like just have a cup of tea it's like "Mm, that's not gonna hit that's not what I really need right now but now I'm like let's have a cup of tea but it's not a cup of you know it's making the time to sit you know if you're a smoker is it the smoking or is it the stepping outside and having some time to just let the dust settle and just be with yourself creativity is it the act of what you're doing or is it that you are just being present with a task so all this noise and stuff around you it's not impacting you in the same way or you're channeling it into what you're doing and actually with regards to creativity I actually um done some experimental I guess body stuff anyway looking at my body and photographing it and then illustrating and that was like I'm not an artist I don't really do this but using gold paint and glitter and being like what are you doing I don't know but we're enjoying it to be able to get that close to look at the detail of the shape of your body and just be like the perception of yourself I guess because we don't necessarily look at ourselves I do definitely recommend catching yourself in the mirror and flirting with yourself being like all right babe how's it going 
but in this setting of like drawing yourself and kind of seeing yourself or seeing yourself how others perceive you or seeing how you perceive yourself it can be really fascinating to kind of just like wow this is intimate this is I've never looked at myself in this way maybe um but then yet be decorated with gold and glitter and sparkles like okay but it feels vulnerable why does it feel vulnerable? Because it's my body, my naked body. Why does that feel challenging? Because it's been sexualized. Yeah. But it's mine. And it's incredible. And it's it's allowed me to exist and have these experiences and speak with you now. And and that bit confuses me. That um, yeah, that I don't understand. I do understand patriarchy, but I I don't like it. And I think more and more now I think about this sort of temple, this sort of church this sort of place of frolicking in fields or liquid rose gold um yeah bathing in waterfalls in my mind am I fantasizing of some sort of alternative world or dreaming up utopia or is there just some blissed out space and I do believe in Buddhism they also talk about the like rose gold um there it's there available to access you can just close your eyes and visualize and imagine it it's there available to us but it can be really challenging to be able to access that given life that just happens and impacts um yeah it's yeah can we become our own religion can we come become our own faith and and why not like I do have so many pictures of myself I did study photography and have consumed photos for so 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 long but in the last few years where I've been definitely strengthening or building this relationship myself because it wasn't necessarily there before definitely not in the same way now I've got so many pictures of myself dotted around my space of myself from when I was a teenager and it's like wow oh, that was an interesting look or oh, what were we going for there but also like yes babe how are we doing I salute you I see you and it's like having this little like yeah your cheerleaders around you it's um and let alone with the EMDR therapy part of it is you resource yourself with different sort of creatures characters and um, whatever came up for you um and to have them sort of I think one was a protector one was grounding one was support I forget what the themes were now but I still have these creatures that I've developed in my brain that you know when things do get a bit much laying in bed on your own and be like oh the world's really hard and challenging and who is my support network and can I ask for help and who would I ask or you know like ah oh, squad goals who have I got with me already thinking about them sort of superheroes essentially that are going to support you through the challenges and and be with you and see you and validate you exactly where you are I think yeah cultivating that sort of relationship with yourself or with other beings um in your own imagination it's a bit like being a child and having imaginary friends does mm -hmm. it get you through the day yes it does does it yeah. matter that it seems a bit silly and daft no. no it doesn't but that's that's you know that's for people's own journey to kind of experiment and play and if it works for them but yeah try it <laughs> I love that idea of having that you've got pictures of yourself around your space and I do the same now and I think as a you know a few years ago I would have been like oh no like you know if it needs right. to be pictures of me with somebody to like validate that it's should be in my space but I always I do have a few photos of myself uh from yeah my childhood years and I think it's it is that thing of seeing like wow girl like look at you like look what you were doing look what you were rocking and also that like you being who you were then at age five is is feeding into who I am now and like we're kind of in conversation and 
yes. relationship with each other is two kind of not even set not separate but two you know two incarnations that are in relationship with each other and I mean that's just that feels magical to me and it's important to let that version of yourself lead because that version of yourself existed and then got hit by the world and society yeah. uh, in whatever shape or format that that took. Coming back and you letting that inner child be the guide. You know, if you have children, letting your children like lead if you're going on a walk, like where should we go? Like adventure time, playtime, and kind of looking at the challenges that we have in our life as a sort of adventure, bringing that play element rather than these big walls that are really hard. Like, yeah, don't abuse yourself by thinking that everything's a challenge and you need to go full steam ahead. Remember, respite and sustaining your energy, but actually perceiving it in a different way that can become, could it be more playful? Could you? How can you bring more play and magic into your everyday life? Um, and that might just be like catching yourself with the mirror and be like, oh, hello. Oh, OK. Hello. Hello. How's. Hmm. <laughs> but actually, the whole idea in strengthening the relationship with yourself allows you to recognize what your needs and your boundaries are. And therefore, it's a hell of a lot easier to be able to communicate that with the people in your life and therefore get the sort of nourishment and the benefit and the pleasure that you need. It doesn't mean that you're taking from everyone else. Maybe you are, if that's your thing. And if the people around you support you and love you, cool. It needs to be balanced and it needs to be consensual. But if you don't ever allow yourself space and time to be with yourself, how will you ever know what you're actually into and what, what you want to cultivate and bring into your life? So I think definitely having like child self being like, all right, babe, how are, we, how are you? And also like, look, babe, look how we turned out. Is, there, yeah. is this what you did? And did. I, yeah, exactly. And I do, yeah, I go through different seasons. When I was volunteering in Uganda, I definitely had like this sort of visual that I was somewhere in a cold country in a beanie hat, a few years later, I moved to Iceland. I wasn't seeking out Iceland specifically. Um, same in Iceland. I was daydreaming as sort of like, you know, waking up on a beach, a tropical island or something like that. I then drove to Greece and drove the whole way along the coastline. Is it necessarily manifestation or aligned with, I don't know, some sort of divinity or something else? It doesn't matter if the um, images or the ideas are exact. The, I, the, the point that I'm trying to make is that when you have this relationship with yourself, it can be quite fun and playful to be like, oh, we've manifested. Yes, look, look what we've achieved. But none of that comes if you don't give yourself the space and time to be able to have that conversation with yourself and date yourself and in, enjoy yourself. Pleasure yourself. Yeah. Yes, but pleasure in the new way, pleasure in the kind of whole holistic, like the whole way rather than just one. Love yes, it. in its form, yeah. Love it. Okay, so to close out, is there anything anything else that needs to be heard in the space or, and is there, is there anything you would say to someone who is navigating this kind of creative good girl conditioning, let's call it, um, and sort of realizing that they've been a little bit sort of restricted held back by something what's the kind of first port of call or or a way of thinking a way of breaking it down that's simple like a yes. one sure okay <laughs> um it's definitely important to get support I think because yeah. yeah first and foremost squad goals whether that's your imaginary friends but I strongly recommend getting professional help if you live in the UK on the NHS there is stuff available um, uh, and if you can afford it please seek therapy and if you can't afford it 
although there are charities and organizations out there that can support you depending what sort of things that you're working through if we stay like no man is an island if we stay on our own like, i've got this don't worry like okay, mm, yeah we're going to be fine no we need community around us so we don't have to share and we don't have to open ourselves up to people it's really important that when we do that it's with people that we trust consent safe respect yeah. Thank you so much, Heather, for your time today and for all that you've shared. Honestly, it's been so nourishing. And yeah, so I felt like we could have 25 conversations off the back of this conversation just because there's so, much, so many tangents, um, so many beautiful pointers. But where can people find you after this conversation? Thank you. Um, so I spend a lot of time on my own doing my own thing. <laughs> um, but that is recharging my energy for all the stuff that I want to do in the future. But you can find me on social media. So Volvo Love Club, uh, L-U-V, Volvo Love Club. Um, uh, and um, heatherlorena.e. So that's more of my bodywork stuff. If the sexy stuff's a bit intense for you. But know that when I'm talking about pleasure, it's not necessarily about penetration. I'm talking about all sorts of pleasure. Um, I have a website as well, heatherlorena.com, and I have set up a Patreon for £1 a month, and this is me trying to build my congregation, because I really want to, through the winter, um, offer spaces for people to come together, let's have some nice times, let's play some music, let's listen to sort of, like, you know, the sort of R&B pop songs that are now problematic when I listen back, uh, that we grew up with, and also just play some yummy stuff and come into the bodies, like, I'm here for it, I'm ready for it, and I want to share it with people, and relish in other people as well um so yeah instagram for the love club is probably the best spot amazing thank you so much enjoy everybody please get in touch with either of us if you have any questions and well that's that's probably worth saying as well yeah if anything that i've mentioned that has brought anything up for anyone please feel free to reach out because I appreciate the stuff that I'm talking about is not necessarily easily available to talk about. There aren't necessarily the spaces for everyone to be able to talk about this stuff. And I'm more than happy to chat to people. I will respond to you as and when I have the emotional capacity to, but don't ever feel like if there's something in you, if something that we spoke about has maybe sparked something in you then, um, or it's, it's brought something up, then please feel free to reach out if it feels right for you. Um, and I can signpost you to any sort of support as well if anyone needs that. But um, yeah, I'm here for it. I love chatting with people and just seeing the magic of the flow and seeing what lands. Um, so yes, please look after yourselves. And thank you so much for this as well. It's been really fun to indulge and share in this with you. So thank you for you. And it was a pleasure to meet you. And I love, look, this is just the beginning, babes. Yeah, here for this. Thank you for listening to our conversation today. Please do like and subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss a future episode.